Welcome to the Catch the Fire London podcast. We hope and pray you'll encounter God as you listen to this message. So Father, we thank you for Dwayne. We thank you for the amazing man that you've made him. Thank you for the word that you have birthed in his spirit, even though he's not been well this week. He's been waiting upon you and he's been receiving from you. And I just pray, Father, that you will speak through him. Let it be a message from his heart that's coming straight from your throne, from your heart through his heart to our heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. 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 You know, I always wanted to try something. We've never done this at CTF. God is good. And all the time. Hallelujah. We taught Israel that. Israel is my stepson. Um, we taught him that the other day. And I found that like sometimes he really struggles to remember something. But he really caught that really quickly, the goodness of God. And we just declare that over our children, that they would know the goodness of God from such a young age, that it would be something that they live and breathe. Amen? Right. Jesus, the lion and the lamb. He's not the lion and sometimes the lamb. He's not the lamb and sometimes the lion. He is the lion and the lamb. And I actually asked, this is a lesson for some people, because if you're anything like me, I'm like, if I'm that anointed, you will recognize me. They will see me for who I really am. And then I get really offended when I never get an opportunity in life. And sometimes God says, if you just ask, you will receive. Amen. And so I saw this topic on the list and I was like, hey, guys, I'd really like to preach on this because God has been speaking to me about tension, the tension in our lives, the tension of the Christian walk, the tension of Jesus being a lion and a lamb. And sometimes we need the lion who roars victory over our lives. And sometimes we need to come back to the cross. And we need to come back to the blood of the unblemished lamb who died for us and gave us this life that we have today. But there's a tension between the two. You can't live in one reality and not live in the, in the other reality. So God was talking to me about tension. I wrote this down. He says, uh, um, Jesus, 100% God, 100% man. Let's just start there for a second. How can you be 100% God and 100% man? It's not possible. It's supernatural. And this is where we're going today. It's not about in our own strength being able to balance the two things that God has got in our lives, but it's about leaning into Holy Spirit so that he takes us into the supernatural, that we can live in the reality of Jesus being 100% the lamb and 100% the lion. He's the beginning and he's the end. How can he be the beginning and the end he knows everything in between which means that it gives us an assurance and a security to know that even though he was in the beginning he was there when we was born before he knit us in our mother's womb he knew us that he knows where we're going it gives us an assurance that actually if we fall into alignment and just faithfully love on him faithfully serve him He'll take us to where he said that we're going to be. And I just really want to put that, that just, I, I felt in the room that there was people that were so determined to do God's will. What if I get it wrong? And then you don't move. And I felt the Lord say this. I really, I really, even during worship, do not let condemnation rob you of your conviction. There's a difference 
There's a difference between uh, just knowing what you know and know, know what you need to do. A conviction is something that when the Lord downloads something to you, normally when you're convicted, you don't look like what God said you was going to look like. And the conviction comes because you're transforming, you're being trained, you're being changed into God's likeness. And sometimes that hurts because you see a side of yourself that you're like, oh, that doesn't look like God. And there's a balance here. There's a tension between the two. The tension is you fall into condemnation or the, the other tension is that you fall into pride. And there's one or the other. You kind of say to yourself, rather than allow the conviction to mold and shape you, the condemnation comes. Oh, no. And you reject your conviction because you're condemned. And then what you normally do is attack the preacher because the preacher said something that you didn't like and that's what brought the condemnation in the first place. But that's not what it is. There's a condemnation that can come if you allow the enemy to take your conviction and pervert it. The enemy is always trying to pervert you trans being transformed into the enemy's, into the into God's likeness sorry the enemy's likeness and you don't want to be like the enemy <laughs> we've done many years being like the enemy let's do some time being like God but the point is this if you allow your condemnation to override your conviction you will never change but you will always sit there in defeat I've lived my life like that for a very long time and I promise you it doesn't go anywhere but when you allow the conviction to come and to change you to mold you to shape you and there's very very few preachers that can come and say something and offend me I promise you when it comes to preaching I'm unoffendable because this word there's always something that's going to change in me. Every single time I pick up the Bible, it's going to change something in you. Every single time you read the word, the word will read you. And it's the reality is, are we going in there just to read the Bible so that we can go outside and say, I wrote four, four chapters today and I've got to the end of this thing. And I, and I, I remember reading this book, um, The Letters to the Churches. And um, I was reading through and uh, Francis Chan, who wrote the book, he wrote a scripture and he said a simple statement after the scripture. He said this. He said, if achievement is your idol, you would have skipped past this verse like there was nothing there to celebrate Jesus for. And the conviction hit me. Now, condemnation would have been like, put the book down. I'm not reading this anymore. I'm done with this. I don't like the way that you preach. I don't like the way that this was delivered. Too many times we've missed stuff because the package that it came in, we didn't want it. Hey. He's the almighty God and he is also my friend. Let me tell you something. We have to reverence God, but he does come close. There is moments where we have to be on our knees and acknowledge God is God. He will squash me with his little finger if he wanted to. He doesn't want to, but he could. He's that powerful. He's almighty. He, like, there's nobody like it. There's nothing that we can do or be to be like, we're just, it's just God. He's so big. But at the same time, that big, big God chose to come and be close. <laughs> Stephen knows that analogy very well because when I'm Dwayne for the worship team and then Dwayne in front of you guys is slightly different. Anyway, um, <laughs> he's grace and he's truth. I want to talk about this. Jesus, grace and truth now each and every one of us if we think about our lives and we think about our personalities and we think about our backgrounds and we think about our heritage and we think about the country that we come from and we think about all of these different things will lean from one or the other 
naturally. Naturally, some of us are more gracious than others. And naturally, some of us will lean more on the truth than others. I kind of had this analogy that it's like the Old Testament and the New Testament. Now, when we talk about Old Testament God, there's a whole load of stuff that happens and we're like, ooh, it's a bit. And when you go to the New Testament, everything's like love, 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 love. And it's, it's, it's not one or the other. It's both. I like to say this. In the Old Testament, you learn the ways of God. And in the New Testament, you learn the love of God. But if you have the love of God without the ways of God, you're in a mess. And if you have the ways of God without the love of God, you're in a mess. So you need the ways of God with the love of God. And therefore, you have a complete picture because our ways are not his ways and our thoughts are not his thoughts. And we don't love the way that God loves. So we need to come back to a place where we're like, God, what's your ways? Because there's some things that happen. I remember the first time I read the Bible. I think I've told this story before. But I picked up my Bible. Never ever do this. Find, listen, if you get first get saved, find someone to help you and guide you and lead you. Please, find someone that will disciple you well. Because all I did was I didn't know what to do. Open the Bible. God said, kill every man, woman, and child. was purpose for why he said that and without understanding the ways of God we start to fall into our ways and what we would do and what we would do if if, if God was God which is why we have so many scenarios now where we're like if God is love why does this happen well because God is love he allows us to have a choice I put this on social media the other day a lot of people like to get angry with the government because they put us in lockdown and they removed our, our ability to choose. They took away our choices. They took away our rights. But then we're angry at God because God would refuse to take away our rights. He gave us the right to choose. And some people do some really silly things. And that's okay because the reality is this. We as believers have the spirit of God. And they in the world do not. So when we genuinely sit down with somebody that is not saved and we have a conversation and I don't want to bring up any topics because this is being recorded, but <laughs> there are topics and you're, you're sitting there, you're talking to somebody and you're like, are you crazy? Like, do you you're really listening to what you're, and they genuinely believe what they're saying. They genuinely believe that what is happening, do you know what the Bible says? That good will be called evil and evil will be called good. This is the time when we're like, look at it. And it's leaking into the church. Day after day, I see it. It it, it grieves me because we are the light of the world. And this light cannot be perverted, but the enemy will do everything in his power. So I'm going on a rabbit trail. You're supposed to tell me. You're supposed, if you, (laughs) okay. When guidelines for truth and grace, when you see a scenario or a situation, there is a, there's a frustration that comes, right? There's something that happens in your heart, something that happens in you that you rise up and you want to address this thing. You want to make this thing right. But the question is, what is the end goal? What is the end goal? Because God many times saw things that weren't right. Many times he saw things and he was trying to teach the Israelites and and help the Israelites and and move the Israelites into into a, a, a way and a lifestyle that wouldn't harm themselves. But it never happened. So he sent Jesus. God's goal has always been redemption. 
So when we're calling out stuff that we see, and particularly I'm talking more like you speak to a friend in relationship, is the goal redemption? Is the goal, I want to call this thing out so that they can be redeemed? Are we just calling it out because it's wrong? Because everybody knows what's wrong. I do stuff wrong every day. I don't need somebody to tell me you did this wrong. I'm pretty aware. It's pretty aware. You know, I, in Jesus' name, I struggled with road rage. But if I'm driving in the car and someone cuts me up and I blurt something out, I know I've done something wrong. I don't need to. Dwayne, that's not right, you know. You shouldn't, you shouldn't do that. You, you, you shouldn't do this. But, but, but if someone comes to me and they say, Dwayne, you know what? Every single time you release rage and anger, you defile yourself. Now we're going somewhere because I don't want to defile myself. And every single time somebody sins, the wages of sin is death. And therefore, I don't want to go through watching somebody I love killing themselves. I want to see their lives redeemed. I want to see that area of their life redeemed. So when I go, I'm like, hey, this is not who you are. This is who you are. You're not down here. You're not here with the pigs. You're now in the father's house. And, and we got to learn to be brave and actually be able to call these things out. Because the other side is this. Everything's grace. Oh, grace. Oh, Heather, you're amazing. Oh, never do anything wrong, Heather. Oh, we love the testimony you just shared, you know. And we guarantee that because you shared that testimony, absolutely nothing you do in your life is wrong. Stephen, oh, you led worship so amazingly. Oh, you're a great guy. What an amazing person you are. And we never say anything to anyone about anything. It's grace. But I wrote this. I think it's my favorite line. Truth without grace, grace without truth is, is passive. Truth without grace breaks people down. Grace without truth doesn't call people higher, although it does allow them to remain exactly how they are without growth, growth or guidance. Truth without grace empowers legalism, and grace without truth empowers lawlessness. I don't want to be lawless, but I also don't want to be legalistic. And sometimes we're like, oh, we need to read the Bible 15 times a day at this time, at this time, at this time. And it's not even about the reading the Bible 15 times a day. It's about the heart as to why you are reading the Bible. If you can read the Bible 15 times a day and encounter Jesus every time, please do. We're not saying that you don't read the Bible 15 times a day. But if you're just ticking the boxes, we've missed the goal. It's just, it's just, it's truth. You should read the Bible. But if you are reading the Bible without Jesus, you've missed the point of reading the Bible. Let's talk about demons and fear. (laughs) Sorry, I need to rush through. There are so many scenarios, so many scenarios where, for example, there's a movie, it comes out. Who remembers that Marvel film? The, uh, the one with Doctor Strange. It got some really bad reviews. Very demonic, very dark, very thing. Now, yes, guard your heart. Yes, guard your, your eye channels, uh, your ear channels. I don't even know if that's what it's called. Is that, is that the right word? Hmm? Gates, the gates, yes. Guard the gates of your mind, etc. But then there are other times 
For example, when I see somebody go to engage the LGBTQ community to tell them about Jesus, and I see other believers like, why are you going there? It's too dark. We shouldn't go there. We're going to be defiled. And I'm like, but then who is going to go if everybody just stays at home but trying not to defile themselves? Listen, we have all authority because all authority was given to Jesus, and now all authority has been given to us. Now, there is a balance. There is a balance. You cannot be silly. Look, there are certain things that I am going to be more weak and more prone to than other things. So, for example, I have not listened to secular music for eight, nine years now. I don't tell everybody you don't need to listen to secular music. I have made a personal testimony of myself with Jesus that I would not listen to secular music. So all I listen to is worship music. That's okay. And I get some people, oh, you're more holy art than thou. Why? I'm protecting my ear gates from things that have been coming in in the past. And I can tell you, I used to wake up six o'clock in the morning. And if any of you know, I used to listen to Giggs. Now, Giggs was this uh, English rapper. And uh, one of the songs was talking the hardest. And, and, and I woke up angry. I used to wake up angry. Come to work, angry. Go to lunch, angry. Imagine eating food and you're still angry. Go to lunch, I'm angry. Everything's anger, 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 anger. And the Lord said, it's because your ear gates has just been channeled with aggression and frustration and all of these things. You've got to break it off. You've got to just say, do you know what? At some times, I'm going to remove this from my life because I do not need it to influence me. But there comes a point where you, you go from being influenced to influencing. And there's always deeper to go so that when you get to that place where you're like, do you know what? Demon, go now. We have all authority. No demon can tell me what to do. I am not as scared of any demon. I'm not scared of any power of darkness. But I'm also just slightly wise about what I put myself and expose myself to. There's a, we don't need to run. There's a, some people, oh no, 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 no. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go. No. Holy Spirit, is this going to infect me or do I infect this? That's the question. Simple as. And if he says stay, you stay. But if it's based on fear, and Stu will tell you, I hate fear. Oh, anything fear-based, I'm allergic to it. And I, and, and I probably react in a way that's not godly. But the reality is this. Listen, if it's fear-based, if fear has, has influenced your decision, then you cannot call it wisdom. And I saw so many people, they're like, oh, I'm scared. I'm being wise. No, you're scared. <laughs> the enemy powers with, empowers fear. Wisdom, knowing God. Simple. And he will tell you to do things that are just out of the ordinary. That's our God. Say, that's our God. That's our God. <laughs> I just want to read this one scripture. Mark nine fourteen to 29. And he went and he came to the disciples and saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing them. Immediately when, he, when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the, one of the crowd answers and said, teacher, I brought you my son. I brought, that, I brought you my son who, was a mute, who has a mute spirit. And wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth and gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. 
He answered him and said, oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him, to, brought, him to, brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him and fell onto the ground and wallowed, foaming from the mouth. So he asked his father, how long has, he been, how long has this been happening? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion, as, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe all things are possible in him, and for, if you can believe, sorry, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter in no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly and came out of him. And he became as one dead. So many said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up. And he arose. And when he came into the house, the disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, this kind come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Another tension, why do we pray and why do we fast? And many of us in this room probably, I don't know if it's been taught to us in a way that actually fasting is a part of our Christian walk. And I know there'll be health issues, so I don't want to condemn anybody and be like, you've never fasted in your life. But fasting and prayer, they're part of our walk. It's part of our daily lives. It's something that we do. It's not a, it's not a one-off. It's not a special occasion that every now and again, oh, we just won't eat nothing today. And I'm not saying that you need to be an almighty Jesus by the time you get to leave this room and for 40 days you don't need anything. I'm saying start small. Half a day. Half a day, Lord, I'm going to give this to you. Am I going to abstain from food today, Lord? And I'm going to give you half this day. Then go to a day. And I promise you, the encounters that come, I promise from personal experience, the encounters that come from that, you want more. So you'll give more. But it's not about, I fasted seven days so I could tell everybody I fasted and it was incredible. It's about, Jesus, I need you. I need you. And whatever it takes to get you, I'm willing to do it. That's the heart that Jesus is looking for. What is it that you need to give up today so that you can have more of him? Because there's nothing in this world that is worth more than him. He is the great pearl of great price. One more thing before I go into ministry time. I was going to talk about being and doing, but there's a long list of things. I just want to say this, Stu hit on it, so I don't really need to say much. But many, many times we have reduced our position as children of God to something that is so low that we're so focused on what we do. We are children of the most high God. I have, I have several scriptures. Galatians 4 to 5, 7. Abba, Father, therefore you are no longer slaves but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. An heir of God? This is what he said. I don't say it. This is him. You know, I don't need... I, I, this. But as many has received him, to them have the right to become 
children of God to those who believe in his name. God is my dad. No, 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 no. God, say God. God. Is my dad. Could you just reach your hands up to heaven? I feel like we just need to receive this real quick. God is my dad. He's my father. My protector. He's my guidance. My provider. My healer. And he's my redeemer. You've been adopted. You can put your hands down. You've been adopted. I, I think there's something really, really fascinating about adoption because I have children that are mine. Jacob is my son. He's my flesh, my blood. But I have two step babies. And they're kids too. <laughs> Anybody that has kids knows what that means. But to love them, to be in a place where I love them like I love my own, It's not something that just comes naturally. It's something that's supernatural. That God would see children that are not his own. Give everything to redeem them. And then adopt them as his own. And love them as his own. And give everything he gave to the Israelites to them as his own. Sometimes we we, we come into a situation. They're like, who are you? Well, I do this, 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 this. And it's everything's about what we do. But I ask you today, who are you? And we should brag, I'm a child of the most high living God. (laughs) Hey, Hey, you ain't going to get higher than that. I'm I'm co-heirs with Christ. Hey, you you know, that's a a certificate in itself. You mean co-heirs with Christ. (laughs) But this is the thing. Before we go into ministry time, I'm really sorry. Can I just... The tension between the secret place and community. Now, I struggled with this because I came from a background where uh, community wasn't, it wasn't strong in the context of people really loved me. It was strong in the context of I was part of a small group and that's just what we do. Why do we have small groups? Because it's in the Bible. That means nothing to me. Does it mean anything to you? Can it mean anything? If you've just got, you've just got, you go to your small group every Wednesday, you meet with a couple of friends, not a lot happens, and then you go home. And your Wednesday is wasted. This is, this is, this is not community. This is not what community is about. I wanted to talk about my healing journey. I, I came in to catch the fire and I crawled in probably, like, through this door. And... People loved me back to life. I remember, I'll call out names, Alistair. The first week that I came to the church, we had the old red room. And I sat for an hour. And I remember this man just giving me, like, literally a a, a counseling session as he just walked me through the pains and the hurts and the journey of where I've been to where I am now. No one had ever, ever taken the time just to ask me, Dwayne, what do you need right now? It's an it's a, it's a ultimate question for me. It's a, I got it from Alistair. Alistair, any time we have a question, I'm freaking out. Dwayne, what do you need to hear right now? What do you need to feel right now? What do you need right now? 
Matt and Kate, no longer with us, but they are gems to the kingdom. They are mothers and fathers like I've never seen before. But any time I would freak out, I'd get to that place where my orphanness would come out all the way to the surface. And they'd be like, Dwayne, where's the father right now? What do you say to that? But every single time, you know, Matt and Kate had to convince me. I lived with them for a few months. I, they had to convince me that they actually argued. I'm about to be married. But I have some of the best examples of marriage that I've ever seen in my entire life. And I came into marriage feeling like it was going to be a job, a chore. And I've seen these great, amazing men and women of God in front of me, in the flesh, loving their wives well. There's some things that you get in the secret place. Like God is going to tell you who you are in the secret place. God is going to build you up in the secret place. God is going to heal you in the secret place. God is going to do loads of things for you in the secret place. You've got to have that place with God. You've got to have that, inter, that interrelationship with him. You've got to have that time when you're alone. But never regard, disregard community. Yeah. There's, there's four things. I say this all the time. There's four things that non-believers know that we do. Pray, read the Bible, sing for a very long time, and go to church. And when we get saved, I don't know. I don't know about you, but no one taught me about any of them. No one taught me, about, no one taught me how to pray. No one taught me how to read the word or study the Bible. No, worship wasn't even a thing, so we won't even go there. But community. Community. Why do we meet on a Sunday? Genesis Sorry, I'm going to finish on this. Tower of Babel. I won't even read it. I'm just going to paraphrase. Tower of Babel. A whole bunch of people come together. They all speak one language. Hey, do you know what's going to be a good idea, Stephen? Let's build a tower up to God so we can be like him. Sound like a good idea? Good idea. So we start building this tower. And God looks down, turns to the angels, says, uh, uh, Michael, uh, what? What are these guys doing down here? I think they're trying to build a tower to be like you. God taught me about unity through the one time that he created division. He looked down from heaven and said, these people are of one voice, one language, one accord, whatever you want to talk about, oneness. And because of this, nothing they intend to do will be impossible to them. May I suggest that in that moment, God said to me, they didn't have the Holy Spirit and therefore they did not have the capacity to steward the power that they had in their hands. And therefore I created languages, I created the vision because the time wasn't ready for them to be able to reap what was about to come. But now that you have the Holy Spirit and that you are filled with the presence of God, now that it's not by might, not by power, but by his spirit, now that the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives inside of you is a time to steward one voice, one accord. Let me just explain something to you. You can't be in one voice and one accord with yourself. So we need each other. One voice, one accord, and then nothing 
will be impossible to us. May I just say this right here. In one voice, one accord, the United Kingdom is not too hard. In one voice and one accord, something's brewing is not too hard. In one voice and one accord, healing is not too hard. In one voice, one accord, nothing is impossible to God. Let me give you one more testimony. Chloe prophesied two weeks ago. Huh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a sequence of people. She prophesied two weeks ago that our wedding would be paid off. 3,500 pounds. Let me tell you something. When I saw the wall in front of me, I was like, <sighs> and I have over 40 financial miracles in my back pocket of testimonies that I'm trying to bring to remembrance. But 3,500 pounds in two months is a lot. So I'm looking at Leah. I'm like, babes, don't worry. God's going to provide. God's going to provide. Lord, please provide. <laughs> But when the body of Christ arises, people hear from God and the conviction comes. And somebody, some amazing person in our family blessed us with 3,500 pounds. That wedding. It's gone. It's done. It's done, but it's done through the body and it's done through Jesus. He uses the body. He uses us to bless each other. He uses us to build each other up. That's why we have pastors, prophets, evangelists, teachers, uh, apostles. To build up the church. To build one another up. And too many times we've got a testimony of us being broken down. That is the enemy trying to pervert what God has created so that nothing will be impossible in Jesus' name. Someone say, nothing is impossible. And then we come to ministry. <laughs> Some of us have been in a place. We've known Jesus as the lamb. We understand the sacrifice. We reverence God. We thank God. We're so grateful for all that he has done. He's taken us from darkness to light. He's placed us on a solid rock. He's done it all so that we can have it all. We have it all, but we've done nothing with the all. Because we're so far from acknowledging Jesus as the lion who roars over his people and over this nation. And therefore, we must walk in victory. We have to step into the... the, 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 the being to doing Jesus says the the greatest of them all is the greatest servant and there's nothing more beautiful than serving you I'm not preaching right now I'm serving you the kingdom is an upside down kingdom I'm at the bottom of the pile right now but hear my heart if you've known him as the lion and you've been afraid to step out of the, the, the cross and the crucifixion into the victory. The victory is a scary place because you have to go places with God that no one's been. You've got to go places with God that you've never been before, but you're trusting him to be who he says he is. But he is the Lion of Judah. And he's coming back from an unblemished bride. But I'm, t I, I, I'm just saying that as, as you are, as you put your faith and trust in the lion, 
you'll start to see some of these miraculous things that everybody else is talking about. Oh, why don't I never see that in my life? Maybe you didn't step out. And there's some people I just set in the scene. You know the lion. You're doing everything. You're doing what you need to do, but you're doing it because you know you're supposed to do it. And I felt like there was a coming back to the lamb that was slain. Coming back to the love. Coming back to the blood. Coming back to the cross. A friend of mine, a really awesome friend said, do you know what? If, if the gospel is the power of salvation, then we must continue to hear the gospel message to continue to walk in that salvation. And I feel like there is a, uh, there's a camp of people who just need to remind themselves of the power of the cross to come back to just being, knowing that you are a child of the most high living God. And there's one more thing. If you're in this place and you have never acknowledged Jesus as the lamb, or you have acknowledged him as the lamb and you've walked away, you've gone further away than you thought that you could go, and you're, you're, you're wanting to experience the supernatural family. You're wanting to experience the authority of casting out demons and healing the sick. You're wanting to experience what it feels like to be a child of the most high living God, adopted by God, loved by God, cherished by God. And I want to ask you to do something really brave right now before I ask people to come forward. Um, if that is you that wants to just recommit your life or commit your life back to Jesus, give your life back to Jesus, would you stand? There's no condemnation. I'm just going to pray with you. Father, we thank you for everybody that stood in this room, Lord. We thank you that there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And if you would just repeat this with me, and then I just would love to talk to you after. So if you just come and find me after, it would be amazing. Father God, in fact, just as support, would everybody say this? Father, we thank you. We thank you for the cross. And we thank you for the blood. Right now I acknowledge that I have sinned against you. But we thank you God that, that forgiveness is available through the blood and the cross. We repent for where we've gone our way. For when we've done what we wanted to do. And we turn back to you. Jesus. I give. My life. To you. And I receive. That forgiveness. In Jesus name. Amen. Guys. If you 
are in one of those camps, we're going to do the lion over this side. If you need a roar of the lion of Judah, if you need to step into walking in victory, walking in the power and the authority that Jesus has done for you, then just come to the front on this side. We're going to have some people come and pray for you. But if you need the lion, if you just need to remind yourself what it was like to be on the cross, what it was like for Jesus to go and die for you on the cross, if you need to remember what it, what it cost Jesus, if you just want a revelation, a fresh revelation of the love of Jesus, then the lamb is here. He is the lamb that was slain. It says, all have fallen short of the glory 